Welcome to the Hillside Community Church Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope this episode encourages you. If you enjoy the listen, let your friends know, and we'll catch you next time. Well, it's exciting to be able to um, start this Advent series that we're going to have um, talking today in, in connection with baby dedication. Uh, you know I'm the children's pastor here. Um, and it was cool to be able to do baby dedication at the same time with, with this first Sunday, Sunday of Advent because there's so many things connect to it. But after this, we're going to move on. And uh, next week, Pete's going to talk about uh, the second candle um, and, and connect it in ways maybe you've heard Advent before. I know we don't do this uh, that often around here or haven't really done it, but maybe you've heard the Advent thing. I think Pete has a pretty cool spin on it. So he's going to do that next week. Then Mike Bream, our student pastor, is going to, fin- is going to do another part uh, the third Sunday uh, of December, and then Pete's going to wrap everything up. So those Christmas Eve services that we're having Sunday night and Monday night of Christmas Eve is going to wrap up our Advent series, and Pete's going to do that for us. But today, we're going to focus on that first candle, that candle of hope, that candle of waiting and anticipation for something better in the future. And that's why this is such a great connection to baby dedication, because the birth of a baby is the most anticipated, most waited for, most hoped for part of life. Now, we wait for a lot of things in our lives, um, but the, the birth of a baby is something we can't rush. You know, so many things in life these days we can rush. If we need a quick meal, you can just run out and grab something. You can pop something quick in the microwave. If you need something uh, that from Amazon, you can have it here this afternoon as long as you order before 11 o'clock in the morning, right? Uh, and order more than $35 worth. Believe me, I know way too much about Amazon. Um, but the birth of a baby, it takes nine months. Even those who have gone through uh, an adoption like my family did, and we had a family first service that adopted their baby, it takes time. You have to wait for it. You have to anticipate it. Um, and waiting is a good thing, um, and, and it can be filled with positive things. And, and waiting with a positive outlook is hope. That's really what hope is. It can also be a, a bad thing. If you wait for something with a negative outlook, that's anxiety. That's anxiety, and often in our culture, we feel that, but, um, you know, bad waiting is kind of like getting a bill in the mail, waiting for a bill to come in the mail. You know that bill's going to come on the 25th or whatever every month, so you're waiting for that. You've uh, you got a little anxiety about that, but good waiting is waiting for that Amazon package to come and be on your doorstep. I told you I know too much about Amazon. I mean, but have you seen this? Have you seen the new thing for Prime members where you can pick your Amazon day? That's one day when all of your Amazon packages will be delivered just on that one day a week. Who would ever do that? Because then what do you have to wait for? Yeah, Dina's laughing because she knows that feeling. Some of you aren't laughing because you know that feeling. But what would you have to anticipate and to wait for unless you knew that any day a package with that wonderful Amazon smile could be sitting on your doorstep waiting for you when you get home at the end of the day? That is anticipation and hope and waiting for something good. But birth, the birth of a baby brings hope. It brings new life. It's a gift. It's a blessing. Without birth, there is no new life. Without new life, there is no hope. To borrow a phrase from Star Wars, they are, babies are a new hope in a world occupied by the dark side. In the Old Testament, the word that's often translated for hope actually has its root in the word for cord or rope. 
Now, a cord or a rope can exist in one of two states. It can exist in a state of slack like this, where there's no tension or no pressure, or it can exist in a state of tension where it's pulled tight. And the, the reason that that root word for hope comes from cord or rope is because of this tension. When you have hope, there is some tension. There is a state of tension to what's going on. Because with a rope that has pressure applied to it or tension applied to it, something can happen. Something can change. Uh, If you tie a rope to a wagon and you apply tension to it, you can move the wagon from one place to another. If you, um, you can use a rope that is under tension to play a game of tug of war and to go back and forth with an opponent. Um, A rope that is tight, you can walk on. You can walk on a tight rope. But when there's slack there, nothing can happen. No change, no activity, no action can happen. And so when we're talking about hope, we're talking about an action-filled tension that can take what is, how we feel today or what we're experiencing today and can make the future better. That's what the Bible talks about when it talks about hope. Uh, I love talking to families as they get ready for baby dedication. And one of, the, one of the questions that I ask them is, what are your hopes for your child? And nobody has ever responded and said, I hope that someday my child will grow up to be a slacker. They always have some sort of action. They want them to be a certain kind of person. They want to accomplish certain kinds of things. They want them to be this um, job or do this activity or treat people this way. But nobody wants their child to grow up to have slack in their lives. Hope is an anticipation of a future that because some sort of tension-filled action is better than the present. So we anticipate the birth of a baby with a tension that we can feel, and we call that hope. With today being the first Sunday of Advent, we light this hope candle. It's also called the prophet's candle because the prophets predicted that Jesus would come to save us. Advent helps us to set aside some time in the month of December to think about and anticipate the birth of a baby. That baby was Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. You know, we need hope, and God knows that. And so we get this annual remembrance of it. But what exactly does hope look like? What kind of hope do we need? Well, the prophet Jeremiah, who lived in Israel during a time where the kingdoms were about to end, and because of the behavior, because of the sinfulness and the disobedience of the people of Israel, they were about to be conquered and taken away into the land of Babylon. And Jeremiah predicted that that would happen. He said, because of your sinful behavior, you will soon go to exile. You will soon be destroyed. And then he said, but he also gave them a message of hope. And this is what he said. In Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16, it says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and is right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. So Jeremiah predicted that because of people's sinful behavior, they were going to get exiled. But he predicted that there would come someday in the future a Savior who will give them hope. That Savior would be Jesus Christ. 
It would come, that hope would come in the form of a person. That hope would come in the form of Jesus. And we need that today. We still have a distinct need for a Savior. We still feel that need today. You know, Stan Lee, who recently passed away, he's often credited as the creator of uh, the Marvel superheroes. Um, And I believe one of the reasons that they're so popular is because we have this need for hope. We feel this need for hope. We need a Savior. We need a hero. And kids love that too. Kids love superheroes. My son, uh, he's three and a half, and on Thursday he wanted to wear his Iron Man costume to preschool, right? And my wife's a good mother, and so she said, no, we don't wear our Iron Man costume to preschool. Of course, he did wear his Iron Man socks and his Flash underwear, and so he got away with a little bit of it, but not the full costume, right? And I'm like, come on, why not? We all have a need for a hero. We all want somebody to look up for. Let him wear his Iron Man costume to preschool if he wants to, right? Well, he didn't do that, but we did at least get this gym um, yesterday when he went to visit Santa. So here's my son, maybe, maybe not. There he is. There's my son in his Iron Man costume sitting on Santa's lap. So I will always have that to cherish and remember. Plus, Santa looks like he's scared of Iron Man there. But we need more than just a superhero. We need more than just somebody to swoop down and take care of our problems. And so that's why I actually believe Stanley's characters are so popular. Because they were, they were relatable. Spider-Man was a regular teenager who had regular teenage problems that he dealt with in addition to his superhuman abilities. Iron Man had uh, all the money and the intellect to create any weapon that he wanted, but he couldn't overcome his own ego. Black Widow was afraid of her past. Even Captain America took on more flawed human tendencies as the character evolved. And we can relate to that because we are flawed, because we have ego problems, because we have fears and insecurities. We need a Savior. And salvation can only come from one who is sinless. So unlike the flawed Marvel superheroes, Jesus fit that bill. He lived a sin-free life. But like the Marvel superheroes, Jesus was relatable. Not because he had flaws, but because he chose to meet us where we are. Another prophet wrote this long before Jesus was born. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So it predicted the circumstances surrounding Jesus' birth, but more importantly, it predicted the fact that Jesus was a man, come as a baby, but he was God, come to be with us. And that is relatable. You know, my favorite Christmas song when I was a kid was Away in a Manger. We don't sing it all that often because it's a really, really difficult song to sing, but I loved that song Because it paints a picture of Jesus laying in a bed asleep or falling asleep, needing sleep. And so as as a child, as I struggled to go to sleep sometimes at night, I would sing that song over and over in my head, even if it was in the middle of the summertime. And I did that because it gave me a picture of Jesus that I could relate to. That he went through some of the normal human things that I go through, like needing to go to sleep at night. And so it gave me that picture that I could feel like I could connect to. Of course, once I got to college, my theology professors dashed that, that song for me because they th- said the theology's all wrong. One of the lines says, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. 
And that's not true. He cried just like every other baby. But I actually think that makes it even more relatable because Jesus cried whenever he was hungry like every other child. Like every other baby, he pooped in his diaper. He might even, well, I don't think he did this, but, you know, my son kind of is experimenting with the whole, like, where do you go to the bathroom thing? Like, where do you pee? So when you're in the playroom, he's in the playroom and the, the... Bathroom is a good, you know, five whole steps away. So if there's an empty play tea kettle on the floor, why not just go right there, right? Now, I, I don't believe that, I don't want to paint a picture that says that Jesus would have done that, but Jesus did the things that kids do. Jesus lived a life that we can relate to, and he did that because he knew that we needed to be able to relate to that. He knew that we needed to be able to relate to that. He lived a fully human life, and he did that for our sake, for our sake. See, we need hope. We need that tension of knowing that the future can be better than today. We need a hero. We need a savior. But in our world, oftentimes the future feels negative. The future feels stressful. And so instead of hope, we feel anxiety. Well, We can combat that anxiety with optimism. Optimism is choosing to see in any situation how circumstances could be better, could work out for the best, but biblical hope isn't the same as optimism. Biblical hope isn't based on wishful thinking. It's based on a person. Biblical hope is not focused on circumstances or what happens. Biblical hope says that despite the lack of evidence that things will get better, I trust that God will bring a better future anyway. And that's because of the character of God. He has in the past been faithful. He has always in the past been faithful. He has always fulfilled his word. And so we look at God's past actions and we can project them into the future. A future that looks better than the present because of God's actions in the past. We also need another kind of hope. And another cultural icon that's been talked about in the news a lot lately is Fred Rogers. You, you know him as Mr. Rogers. Well, he was famous for telling children, I love you just the way you are. You're special, he would say. And he made millions of children feel hopeful in a world because his words made them feel loved. And, and they, they felt value that helped them to tackle the problems of life Because they knew that no matter how many times they failed, someone still loved them. A more recent example of that mindset comes from speaker and author Brene Brown. She says this, parents, listen to this, baby dedication families, listen to this. She says, the best thing that we can do for our children is to look at our children and say, you are imperfect and you're wired for struggle, but you are worthy of love and belonging. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to struggle. But I love you, and you're worthy of love and belonging. You have a place here. God came to earth as a man, Jesus Christ, so that we could relate to him and he to us. He came as a baby to show us that the human part wasn't the problem. The problem was the sin part. He was human just without the sin. And because he was without sin, he could fix that part of our problem too. And one thing we, we struggle, I think, at times to connect is the fact that 
the issues that we are dealing with in our life are at their core issues of our sin and issues of sin in our world. And so when we can connect those things together, then we can realize that the core solution to our core problem is Christ. When we turn our sin problem over to him, then we can have the kind of hope that we're talking about here. The kind of hope that says, I can be saved, but also the kind of hope that says, I am loved. But it starts with connecting our issue. It starts with connecting our sin problem to a sin solution that only Christ can provide. You know, one of the things I think that was so brilliant about Mr. Rogers and what made it work so well is when he came in the door to his studio home, he took that jacket off and he took off those business shoes and he put on his comfortable shoes and he put on his comfortable sweater and he, was, he wanted to relate to and get down on the level of kids. Really, that's what Christ did for us. He took off his God outfit. He took off the, the parts of him that made him God. Willingly, I will add, it didn't take away the fact that he was God, but he put on a human kind of skin so that we could relate to him. It didn't take away who he was, but it made us feel like, oh, okay, thank you. I, I can connect with you in a different way, and we need that. That's why he came. My daughter introduced me to a song by a Christian artist named Torin Wells. It's called Known. And listen to these words. This captures so well what um, this hope that we need. Listen, it says, it's so unusual while it's frightening. You see right through the mess inside me. And you call me out to pull me in. You tell me I can start again. And I don't need to keep on hiding. I'm fully known and loved by you. You won't let go no matter what I do. And it's not one or the other. Listen, it's not one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known, and loved by you. That is why Jesus came, so that we could be fully known and he could show us that he still loved us. Romans 5.8 captures it so well. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You've heard that verse a thousand times. I've heard that verse a thousand times. But do you really feel it? Do you really feel that you are fully known and yet God still loves you and he was willing to die for you? And might I add that while we were still sinners, he came as a baby to be a human with us as well. Advent is about anticipating the birth of Christ. And we anticipate it because it tells us that he knows us and he still loves us no matter what we have done. It also is about the tension-filled, action-filled hope that God offers a better future and he wants to take you somewhere to a better future. And I know for me that I don't just need to know that in the future I will be okay or in the future it will be okay and things will be solved. That's great. I love that. The Bible tells us what's going to happen in the end. But I don't just need to know 
that it will be okay. I need to feel that I am okay. I need to hear from somebody that relates to me that you are fully known and I love you just the way you are. That's the kind of hero I need. That's the kind of hope that I need. And I think the words in Isaiah 40, 31 capture this so well. It says, but those who hope in the Lord, or another word for it, um, sometimes it's translated wait in the Lord. Those who wait in the Lord, remember? Those who have that tension-filled, action-filled hope in the Lord. This is what it says. Will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And if you're like me, sometimes you feel faint. Sometimes you feel weary. Sometimes you feel like you don't have the strength to do today. But God says, when you wait and hope for a better future because of Christ, and you turn your life over to him, that he can help you in the day in and the day out when you don't feel like you're worthy. So, for this next four weeks, this season of Advent, here's what you need to do. You're going to experience the sights and sounds and smells of Christmas, and they're awesome. I love Christmas time. You're going to anticipate those fun times. But as you do, remember that the season of Advent is really about hopeful anticipation for a future that can be better because Jesus came as a baby so you can be fully known and loved and because Jesus wants to be your action hero. So my prayer for you is that you grab hold of that rope and you give it a tug so that you can feel the tension that comes with hoping for more this Christmas than just a few nice gifts for your kids or just a cup of cocoa sitting by the fire. Christmas is about more than that. Make Christmas about more than that this year. Let's pray. God, you did come so that we can have hope. Thank you that you sent Jesus as a baby. Man, that helps me to be able to connect with you and relate to you. And you knew that. You knew that I needed that. You knew that people need that. That is why you came, Lord. But, Lord, you've got the power to be our superhero. You've got the power to take away our sins, Lord. I pray that each person here will turn their lives over to you, will say, God, I need you. God, I can't do this on my own, but thank you for loving me. That's a big deal. And I pray this Advent season, Lord, this Christmas season, we will enjoy the memory-making times. We will enjoy the fun that we get to have with our kids and our grandkids and our family. Um, But, Lord, I pray that this year we will make it about more than just that, that we will have a true hope in you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching today's message. We hope it encourages you wherever you're at in your faith. If you enjoyed it, let your friends know. We'll catch you next time.